In this week's episode of Farmers Inside Track, we catch up with agriculturalist Kristen Joy Parasi, the livestock manager of her family's farm in Jakobstal in the Free State. In our agripreneurship slot, Senior Manager for Agribusiness at Standard Bank, Bertie Hammond, talks about variable expenses and profitability. Home cook and author of Family Food, Pumla Brook Tomai, joins our Mzanzi Flavor segment to share her secret to a perfect home-cooked South African meal. And on top of our reading list this week is 90 Rules for Entrepreneurs, How to Hustle Your Way to a Business that Works by one of Mzanzi's notorious entrepreneurs, Marnus Brudrek. And of course, our weekly AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Market with agri-economist Dr. Johnny van der Merwe is a must for our farmers and agripreneurs. He highlights the latest price movements and expectations for the coming week. This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food for Mzansi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey Mzanzi, welcome to episode 41 of Food for Mzanzi's weekly podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host Dawn Numdu and you are listening to South Africa's leading farmers podcast. And I'm Duncan Masiwa and as always we kick off the show by introducing you to a mover and shaker in agriculture. Today's guest is Kristen Joy Parasi. Joy, your farming story didn't start out like many of the other farmers we featured on Farmers Inside Track. Where did your love for farming start? I think my love for farming came when I started loving myself. As cliche as that sounds, self-love really helped me understand this kind of lifestyle because farming isn't just a career, it's a lifestyle. And in the city, there's so many distractions that it's easy for you to not deal with your baggage and face your demons head on. And that was why my childhood, I avoided coming to the farm. I hated being here. But when I had my daughter, I was forced to deal with my demons in order for me to be somebody that she looks up to and somebody that she wants to listen to. And I had to make peace with myself in a very peaceful environment. I must admit, at first glance, it's hard to picture you as a farmer. But what are some of the stereotypes you've had to challenge and overcome since you started farming? Uh, Stereotypes. I deal with that on a daily basis. Every time somebody comes to the farm or somebody hears I'm a farmer, it's very difficult for them to wrap their head around it. But I think it's because there's a culture, there's a history with farmers in South Africa that when you think farmer, you think white male. And then you see me, a female youth of color that takes pride in the way I look. And it's just, (laughs) it's not something you see very often. But yeah, I still get those questions a lot. Like, how do you farm with your nails? And those nails are too pretty for you to be on the farm with. Or your looks should be on a magazine and not on a farm or (laughs) underneath a cow's tail. But I feel like this environment has taught me that beauty is an internal thing. And I felt most of the time when I was in the city that it was a lot of focus on my external appearance. And yeah, once again, I wouldn't change it. Farming is tough and filled with 
with many adversities. What keeps you motivated? Keeping me motivated about something I'm passionate about is not very difficult. I'm passionate about being the odd one out and swimming against the currents and breaking barriers. I've been doing that. So that is something that comes quite easily to me. But my big motivation is my daughter and me creating an environment where she is able to be herself and live her truth. And in order for me to do that, I needed to change the person that I was in order for her to have somebody to look up to, an example, to follow my lead. And another thing that really motivates me are the naysayers. You know, people that discourage me and tell me that I cannot be a beautiful woman in a not-so-beautiful industry or your beauty is limited to the heights of your heels, for instance. So the naysayers really do give me that extra push. What advice do you have for any new farmers and agriculturalists in Mzanzi? My advice to new farmers is farming is not just about putting seed in the ground. It's a business. So there's the actual hands-on farming side of it and then there's the day-to-day running the finances of this business and there's so much more that goes into just putting that seed in the ground and the groundwork that you've got to do in order for your business to take off and your farm to be successful. So it is not as simple as it was made out to be and I've really had to dig into the actual business side of farming for me to understand how to farm and it's not just about farming big we have to learn how to farm smart and then on to our quirky questions as a kid did you ever do something wrong but manage to pin it on your siblings oh my childhood was very eventful (laughs) i am the middle middleton so i was the problem child and the (laughs) i think if you look at my sibling you'd say that i'm still the wild one but yeah i definitely did a lot of things and i pinned it on both my siblings and i definitely got away with it so my negotiating skills have been worked on since childhood (laughs) i'm qualified in doing that but i've also learned how to use my skills in manipulation for good and instead of being a manipulator i am now an influencer which is fantastic i guess i should have known the response to that question joy you are a middle child and what do they say about middle children yeah and if you could pick your nickname what would people call you if i could pick a nickname i actually have a nickname that i really like and people have been calling me this for years and it's joyful if you double l there's been a lot of emptiness that i dealt with over the years and the one thing that really pushed me to improve myself was the impact i saw i had on people around me and the joy i gave to them so i've been called joyful since high school and there are quite a few of my friends my really good and close friends that i've had for many years that still call me joyful so joyful yes Thanks for joining us on Farmers Inside Track. Kristen Joy Parasi, agriculturalist and the livestock manager of her family's farm in Jakobstal in the Free State. Coming up shortly is the latest movements in the fresh produce markets. But first, Bertie Haman, the senior manager of agribusiness at Standard Bank, talks about variable expenses and profitability. We're going to be talking about variable expenses and actually then introduce a concept which I refer to as the variable expense trap as well. Now, I think maybe just to set some context first, I think within the field of management accounting and financial decision making, 
financial managers have got different types of expenses which they refer to. These can, for example, be fixed expenses or variable expenses. They also talk about relevant expenses and irrelevant costs and then sunk costs as well. So there's different concepts here. And all these different expense types have got different applications. To be very honest, if you're not a financial fundie, these concepts can be very confusing as well. So I think for our purposes today, we're going to be focusing on the variable expenses and the opposite of a variable expense, which is, of course, a fixed expense. So let's focus on variable expenses and then, you know, the fixed expenses. Now, if I can maybe explain to you, and I'm going to be starting off with what we refer to as a fixed expense. Let's say, for example, you have to store all your pesticides for the season and you think you're going to be renting a warehouse for 5,000 rand a month. Now, eventually, even if you end up not even storing any of your pesticides in the warehouse, you will still have to pay your expense of 5,000 rand per month. Now, this is referred to as a fixed expense because you have to pay this irrespective. Now, the opposite is the variable expense. Here, I'm going to be using the example of your electricity bill, for example. Now, you are supposed to be built for your electricity based on the actual usage. So, if you don't use any electricity, you're not supposed to have any electricity expense. So, this is a variable expense. You pay for it based on what you've actually used. Now, I suppose the concepts of variable expenses and fixed expenses are fairly simple then to understand from that perspective. But farming, like in all other businesses, is not always that simple. So, astute farmers have to be very acutely aware of what I refer to as the variable expense trap. What is the variable expense trap exactly? That is a concept or something that I use to explain to farmers and business people dangers and also the possibility that expenses that you think is variable can actually be a bit more fixed than what you think. In other words, you think you can change it later on in the season and for whatever reason, then you can't do so. And we in a previous episode said that you will have to have an objective that you want to achieve for the season. Now, once you start on your journey towards your objective or your season, you actually fix all your expenses. So while you think you can still change it at a later stage, you cannot. Now, maybe just as a side comment, maybe just to take note of, financial managers actually refer to something which they call degree of operating leverage. And this is your fixed expenses versus your variable expenses. And the more fixed expenses you have, the more higher will be your operating leverage. And financial managers use this to their benefit. But if you are not an expert financial person, this is actually quite a dangerous thing to do. So we are going to go out from the point that, you know, the more variable expenses, the better it is. Now, with that context in mind, let's move back to our example that you are a maize farmer and you want to plant 500 hectares of maize and you want to achieve a yield of 4.5 tons per hectare. Now, the moment that you set out for your objective, which you've just now said, you prepare your production budget, as I said, you're actually fixing all your expenses. Now, if you have your objective and you set your objective too high, you are too bullish about your objective. The danger is that you are actually sort of fixing your expenses at this high objective. And if you don't, for whatever reason, end up making your objective, you will still have all those expenses to pay for. And that is then what I refer to as the, as the variable expense trap. Now, competent farmers will know from experience what seed density to plant, how much fertilizer to give, how much pesticide in my supply, how much fuel they will be using. And all these expenses must be paid for at the beginning of the season. So if you set your objective at the wrong level, like I said, you're actually fixing all these expenses up front. So it is generally wrong to assume that a lot of the farming expenses are variable. I'm contending that most of the farming expenses are actually fixed, at least for the specific season. So the trap is if you set your objective at the wrong level, you're actually tying in all these expenses. You've just highlighted some of the things that farmers can do to avoid the variable expense trap. Is there any other examples about how they can do this, Bertie? 
Ron, I can offer a couple of tips for the viewers out there. The first thing, of course, which I've not just stressed, is have a very realistic objective. In other words, you know, have an objective that you actually think you can achieve because, you know, you, you tie up all your expenses around that, which is a better position to be. I think the next one is prepare a very prudent budget, as we've now mentioned numerous times before, and then stick to your production budget. Don't be lured into those bargain purchases or specials that you find along the way. Those are things that sort of fix your expenses at a too high level as well. You must try to keep your expenses as variable as possible. And I've just now said, you know, that's quite difficult. But a way to potentially do it is to buy all your farming inputs on consignment if it's possible. It means that you will only be paying for what you use. And it may even be worthwhile paying slightly more for your inputs if you have this level of flexibility. Then maybe on a mechanization side, maybe it's possible to rent some of the mechanization or equipment that you require, um, which is then built on a per hour use basis instead of just buying it outright. Because in that regard, you will also just be paying for the actual usage. And then, like I say, try to avoid those just-in-case purchases. I only need 10 of these, but maybe I must buy 12 for just-in-case. That is also something that I think might be a, a thing to avoid. I think you've really set some ground rules for us in terms of not being caught in that variable expense trap, Verity. Is there anything else that you'd like to add in closing uh, before we let you go for this episode of Food Bombs and it all comes down to the budget. In next episodes, we're going to be talking a bit about more things that ties back to this whole concept of variable expenses. And I think, you know, maybe just for the viewers out there, be aware of what you're buying and what the implication of, of it all is. Do you actually need it? Will you be using it? Or is it just a nice trash? Thank you so much for joining us today. Berti Haman, Senior Manager for Agribusiness at Standard Bank. We look forward to our next engagement and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for joining us, Berti Haman, the Senior Manager of Agribusiness at Standard Bank. Wow, Mom, why did you put on this chicken? Well, I was trying a new recipe using grain-filled chickens. Oh, Mom, this is amazing. You can't go wrong with 100% South African farm-quality chicken. With a range of fresh, frozen and marinated products, make grain-filled chickens your number one choice. Grain-filled chickens from the farms of the Free State. Need we say more? If you want quality, ask for grain-filled chickens at a leading store. Grain-filled chickens. Bring home the taste. Visit grainfieldchickens.co.za. Now for more inspiration from the farms that feed us, Jackie Taylor, the founder and managing director of Agritourism South Africa, now joins us to explain how lockdown level 2 has changed the game for the agritourism sector in Mzanzi. Jackie, welcome to Farmers Inside Track. Let's kick off with what is agritourism exactly and what type of activities related to agriculture does this include? Agritourism is any activity or experience that takes place on a farm or in a rural landscape for recreation, leisure or educational purposes. So it's very broad. It encompasses everything from wildlife tourism to wine tourism, ecotourism, cultural heritage tourism, geotourism, adventure tourism. So it really is the epicenter 
of the tourism business or visitor experiential business in a rural setting. Now, Jackie, the pandemic has been undeniably devastating for the tourism sector. What has been the effect on the agritourism front? COVID obviously did have a big impact on agritourism and tourism in general because it wasn't allowed at all during stage five and stage four. During stage three, tourism was allowed intra-provincially, so that's within the province. And now we are allowed to travel inter-provincially, which is from province to province. So we are allowed to travel domestically, but obviously within the COVID regulations and rules, they still apply. So with regards to farming, farming did continue because obviously we need food, but tourism is really slowly coming back into the fore. And this week actually has been really busy because we've been swamped with calls from people wanting to get out from cities, particularly families. I think the lockdown really was a a lesson for all of us. A lot of people felt imprisoned in their homes and just getting out into a rural setting or onto a farm, you just take off your shoes, you put your feet in the ground and yes, you're grounded. You can immediately feel the difference and you can see the blue skies, you can touch the plants, you can see cars being milked. So in one way, COVID has brought the visitor or the visitor needs closer into alignment. All farmers are obviously grounded because they rely on climate and various other things. But the visitor experience has changed. People no longer want to spend time in cities. They actually want to come out. They want to walk. They want to cycle. They want to do activity. How has moving to level two of the nationwide lockdown changed the game for SA Agritourism? Initially, I started the business in 2016 and I did a fair amount of research. I was particularly bothered that young people were all moving to cities and rural decay was really becoming a problem. And it still is a problem. And it's something all South Africans need to work on. Because if you don't have a rural community and rural areas that are settled, that are happy, that can provide employment, that the possibilities for youth, etc., then there will be problems further down the line in cities because obviously our cities cannot just keep on taking in more people from rural areas. So it really is a priority. And what excited me was the opportunity it provided for the youth because not everybody wants to be a farmer. But with agritourism, you can provide a service. And the entrepreneurial side of agritourism, I thought was a brilliant idea for the youth in South Africa because they could create their own reality and they could have the backing of farmers because obviously the little rural towns do not exist in isolation. They're there because farmers, they were there service farmers. So that interaction and that holistic approach was really important for me. And I explain this actually on the website, which is www.agritourism South Africa. So that's one word, all lowercase letters, agritourism South Africa.com. 
And there's several articles that if you're interested, you can read about how to start, what to do, etc. that I've written. And also there's a membership form and there my contact details. So you're more than welcome to phone me at any stage. But really, agritourism has to be the way forward in South Africa. That will ensure the stability that we need for future generations. Agritourism is the same as rural tourism. No fancy words. It doesn't require a lot of investment. It's low-hanging fruit. It's already there. All it requires are the entrepreneurs to build an experience for people from towns and urban areas to go and visit. So it's open to everyone. Then lastly, Jackie, how can new players enter Agritourism SA? What are the benefits and how can interested parties join? The question I get often asked is, why become a member of Agritourism? And that is actually a question I can fairly easily answer because we are the only accreditors association in Africa, Agritourism Association in Africa. So what that means is that we have direct links to international source markets because I sit on several international agritourism and rural tourism committees. That's important because it's very difficult if you're going to try and approach the international market directly. It's best to do that via people who have direct links and we allow the use of our agritourism logo. We also have an interactive website. I'm a writer, so I also write for traditional media. We have an expert who does our social media and our website. If you're more interested in domestic tourism only, we work with the Tourism Business Council. We members there, we members South African Tourism. So we put together packages for the Show Left initiative. And one of the unique membership offerings that we, we provide is to offer promotional video footage. And with markets changing, you will see there's an increase in visual, the focus on visual media. So that promotional video footage, that is an opportunity that's unique. And we've got another professional, Johan Rothman, who does that. And then obviously I'm very connected, I'm very grounded. I grew up on a farm and my parents were farm managers and I've been involved in agriculture. So I'm very passionate about rural communities. I'm very passionate about farming and agriculture. And I'm really passionate about the youth and providing opportunities for them to grow because the economy is going to be under strain for a number of years. But here is an opportunity to work in an agritourism or a rural tourism environment and to become an entrepreneur. You don't have to be a farmer. So I work seven days a week. I'm very, very passionate about what I do. And my details are on the website. So you're more than welcome to contact me. And that was Jackie Taylor, the founder and managing director of Agritourism South Africa. From farm to fork right here on Farmers Inside Jack. Mzanzi flavor, home cook and author of family food, Pumla Brook Tamai, shares her secret to a perfect home-cooked South African meal. From my experience as a South African home cook, a perfect South African meal would be one that's modernized, yet still traditional. The meal must offer a variety of dishes and the dishes must definitely have meat and a lot of meat. 
we love spice as well so there must also be spicy dishes here and there in that meal remember we are a rainbow nation we are colorful people and therefore we love a kick in the meal we love veggies here and there if i think of a perfectly south african meal it would be seven colors as it offers an array of dishes it offers colorful dishes and the quintessential of african cuisine a bride as it offers an array of meat we just love our meat <laughs> there is no us without meat so for me that's a perfect south african meal sounds delicious for more great proudly south african recipes and of course even more daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists to go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at foodformzanzi and use the hashtag FarmersInsideTrack. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. We are drawing closer to the end of another exciting episode of the Farmers Inside Track podcast. But first, our book of the week. Our farmers have selected 90 rules for entrepreneurs. How to hustle your way to a business that works by one of Mzanzi's notorious entrepreneurs, Marnes Brudrik. How's it, Duncan? Yes, it was no surprise when South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs nominated 90 rules for entrepreneurs as their book of the week. As you know, as an entrepreneur, a media entrepreneur myself, I have the greatest admiration for Marnus Broodrake, who we've come to know as the nation's youngest shark tank. And I absolutely love his no-nonsense approach. And much like me, he discovered that entrepreneurship um, is all about breaking the rules. <laughs> you know, often the greatest entrepreneurs are the boys and girls who broke all the rules. But if you want to survive, if you want to take up space, if you want to flourish, there are also some ground rules that you simply have to abide to. And according to Marnus's Bible, 90 of those rules to be exact. In this book, I learned that it's okay to see your business as more than just an adventure. It should be a hell of an adventure. And the difference between a successful journey rather than a wasted one is often knowing when to do what next. This is exactly what this book is all about. It's not science, but experience. The rules of the hustle, according to the big daddy of hustle in South Africa, Marnus Broodrake. Go get his book. It's called 90 Rules for Entrepreneurs. And I promise you, if you don't learn something new about entrepreneurship, I will personally give you your money back. Sounds like a must read for any entrepreneur, Duncan. And remember to email your book suggestions to info at foodformzanzi. .co.za. Let me repeat quickly. It's info at foodformzanzi.co.za. 
And from our book of the week to this week's AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Markets, here's Dr. Johnny van der Merwe, an agricultural economist at the Northwest University. The potato price increased last week by 3% to 57.62 per 10 kilogram bag with low volumes that is still supporting these prices. The expectation is that these prices may remain high with limited volumes this week. High demand this week may keep prices on this higher level. However, the question remains, can we see a 60 Rand price this week? There is, however, signs that volumes may increase towards next week when the Northern Transvaal region enters the market, which may result in lower prices. The tomato price decreased week on week to 6.70 per kilogram with volumes starting to increase because of the warmer weather. The cold winter resulted in some production to be delayed, but we may see those volumes entering into the market soon, putting severe pressure on the tomato price. The carrot price increased last week to 3.34 per kilogram with higher demand that can support prices this week as we move towards month end. The onion price decreased to 4.69 with volume pressure still affecting these prices downwards. However, high demand is still keeping prices on a higher level than usual. Other vegetable prices traded as follows. Cabbages on 3 rand per kilogram, garlic on 75 rand 57, spinach on 3 rand 97, sweet potato prices decreasing by 23% week on week to 4 rand 41, while the latest pepper price traded on 12 rand and 4 cents per kilogram. As mentioned, demand can increase towards the weekend, which can support most fruit prices as well. The banana price increased by 2% to 8 rand and 8 cents per kilogram last week, which is more than double the price of a year ago. Lower volumes due to the cold winter kept these prices high. However, we can expect volumes to increase substantially towards the middle of September, putting severe pressure on the banana price. The latest apple price decreased to 6.61 per kilogram, while pear prices increased to 7.11 per kilogram last week. These prices can remain stable for the next week, but we may also see some additional demand for apples and pears when schools uh, reopen. The orange price decreased by 9% week on week to 4.41 per kilogram last week, but very low volumes as well as a possible increase in buying power will most likely support prices this week. As expected, the avocado price trended upwards on the back of lower volumes, trading on 16.12 per kilogram last week. This price may remain stable for the next two to three weeks. Table grape prices decreased by 50% due to import logistical backlogs, resulting in volumes to almost double the past week. This market is highly reliant on the exchange rate and import prices at the moment and may remain on a higher level when we look at these prices. As expected, the pineapple price decreased by 27% to 9.64 per kilogram. The latest lemon price decreased by 9% to 5.52 per kilogram last week. To stay up to date with the latest prices and news on the fresh produced markets of South Africa, subscribe to the AMT YouTube and Facebook pages.
Also make sure to stay tuned to Fruit from Zanzi for the latest in agriculture. This broadcast was of course made possible by Standard Bank. Back to you Dawn and Duncan. Thanks Dr. Johnny van der Merwe. Dawn, that's a wrap for this week then. Remember, if you love the podcast, share it with your friends, your family members and fellow farmers. Farmers Inside Track is available for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Please stay safe out there and remember to always wear a mask. Also visit Food for Zanzi's COVID-19 support page for the latest updates and information. From me, Dawn Numdu, Duncan Masiwa and the rest of the Food for Zanzi team, have a great week. Until next week, bye. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.